Welcome to Lambs to Lions. You're listening to the weekly podcast with Pastor Matt Funk. Covenant over control. So here's some thoughts. Um, Do you feel at times that you may have placed or placed ceilings over your relationships, whether it's with God or with others? Show of hands. By that, I mean, do you, you know, you set a cap or a limitation? Okay. Uh, I believe God is calling us as men to step out and look up. Okay. He's calling us to step out more than ever in this season. You know that he, he's called us to gather even more as the days approach. He's also calling us to step out more and to step up more. And I believe the very thing that is going to break the ceiling and allow us to succeed is covenant. That's what's going to break the ceiling. So, Today, I want to dream big, because I want to speak to the dreamer inside of us. Um, I, want to, I want for us to be willing to expand our belief as we overcome any obstacle that might lie in our way, okay? I'm thinking, what are the lies that um, the enemy has put in your head that are maybe it lying in the way of you lifting that ceiling? Because we know that as a man thinks in his heart... So he is, or so he becomes. And in Romans 12, it tells us that we are to what? Not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing, say it with me, of our, of our mind. So I know God wants to do some renewing in his word today. Let's start off with that first verse. After this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield. I am your very great reward. I am. Love that. Uh, The first thing that we could see is that Abraham's vision came from God. (laughs) I wrote in my notes. Thanks, Jared. Abraham's vision came from God. And when we have a word from the Lord, it can be scary at times, can it not? We have a vision from the Lord, something that is greater and bigger than just ourselves. It can be scary. Right, because we talked about this before, because if we can do it on just our own, on the natural, then what do we need God's super for, right? So, yeah, we understand the reality of when we get a vision from God, it's going to be bigger than just us. It, it should scare us. A God-sized vision should scare us. It should be so big that we can't do it on our own because we weren't designed to do it on our own. So, when we experience the feeling of fear, we can either be uh, turned off by it, we can, or we can choose to move forward in our faith, right? So it, it, it's okay to feel fear, but don't be afraid. That's, that's different. Who are you? You know, like it, it, you can experience a feeling, but that feelings aren't who you are, right? Don't let them define you. Let your faith define you to move you forward. You know, that's why we, we catch ourselves so many times that we don't say, I am this or I am that, because you start to label yourself, you limit yourself. Right? You can say, I feel or I sense. Like, that's a true emotion, but it's what you do with that feeling. And I don't know if anyone saw the verse of the day today, Joshua 1 9, be strong and courageous, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. That was cool. That's what I woke up to this morning. I'm like, wow, Lord, I knew it was going to come out somehow. There it is. Be strong and courageous, because the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Do not be afraid, he said to Joshua. Do not be afraid. So the Lord reminds us that he is our shield. He is our great reward. He is both our protector and he is our provider. Say, he is my protector. Now say, he is my provider. Come on, there we go. So in most cases, fear causes 
causes us as men to take matters into our own hands, does it not? I want to be in control. I want to take matters in our own hands. Either we flee or we fight. And unfortunately, we get scared and then the feelings, uh, when we have those feelings, we feel that things are out of control. So we flee from or we fight the very one that we should be fighting for, right? We fight the very ones that we love. We flee from the very ones that we love when we don't understand or feel fear and feel that things are out of control. And when we can't comprehend, what do we try to do? We try to control, right? Would you agree? When you can't comprehend, you try to control instead of releasing it to the Lord, humbling yourself under, under his mighty hand and at the right time waiting for him to lift you up. But there are many times that we can't make sense of the call and instead we create a ceiling on our life based on our own understanding instead of what God wants to do through our relationship. Does that make sense? We create the ceiling because we base it on our own understanding, our own experiences sometimes, things didn't go the way that you planned, and then you shape your beliefs on what is seen and not on what is unseen. We base our, our, our actions on our worries as opposed to God's word. This is the rock, his word, Anything else we try to build it on will not stand. It's like sinking sand. Like Jesus said, he is the vine, we are the branches. Apart from him, we can do okay. Praise the Lord. Proverbs 3, 5 to 6, that first just came up to me this morning, and that is that we are to trust in the Lord with all our heart. Lean not in our own understanding and always acknowledge him, and he will what? Make our paths straight, or he will direct your path in some translation. So, If we trust only in our own understanding, we remain under the ceiling of control instead of the covering of God's call. I'll say that again. If we trust only in our own understanding, we remain under a ceiling of control instead of the covering of God's call. That's why Abram had to rescue his relative, uh, his nephew Lot, if you read in chapter 14, (laughs) right? So you can read more about that. I encourage you to go even further back, Genesis 13, 14, 15. I'll reference it several times. But the first point I want to, to make is that your relationship with God is your great reward, okay? Your relationship with God is your great reward. There's no other greater reward than to be connected to the Father through the Son, There's no other great reward. In all of the Old Testament, all the sacrifices and everything that were done, there there was always a separation from the Holy of Holies, a veil that we couldn't step forth into the presence of God. But when Jesus came because of his death and resurrection for us on the cross, the veil was torn, and now you have a relationship directly with the Father, the Holy of Holies. There is no greater reward than to be in relationship and in covenant with God. It's our ability to be in relationship with God that will lead us and those in our lives to places and spaces of blessing and breakthrough. It's the relationship with him. God has a way of showing us what's to come if we are willing, if we are willing to lift the ceiling of our unbelief. Even God's chosen people, the Israelites, constantly were challenged with a ceiling of unbelief. We, we heard about it when they, when they were released out of captivity and they faced the Red Sea. They had a ceiling of unbelief and then they didn't get to go around it or over it. They had to go through it. 
multiple times. They had to, when they were given the promised land and told they had to take it, it wasn't just handed to them on a silver platter. They had a ceiling of unbelief. They saw giants in the land and, and fortified cities in the land, right? And what they focused on is what they gave power to. If they would look at the limitless God, there would have been no ceiling. They would have listened to Joshua and Caleb and said, for sure, we can take the land. The Lord said it, but it's going to take work, right? With faith without works is dead, right? God wants to constantly lift that ceiling of unbelief. And we see it again and again throughout the Bible and even throughout our own lives. So now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all that we can ask or imagine according to the power that works where? Within us, Ephesians 3.10. In Genesis 12, the Lord had said to Abraham, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. Go, then I will show you. But how many times we want the whole picture? Well, God, I'm like, you know, what about this, this, and this? No, how about you take step one, and that is believe in me and, and move forward? Come on right? It's that limiting belief that's that ceiling. In Psalm 78, I think it's Psalm 78, somewhere in verse 1, it says they limited the Holy One of Israel. You can limit what God wants to do in and through your life because of the ceiling of unbelief that you place because you want to have control. I'm speaking from personal experience, just so you guys know, right? Okay, And he says, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be what? A blessing. I'm not just going to bless you. I will make you a blessing. My blessings were designed to flow to you and through you, Dell. Come on, right? Like It was never designed to be that that reservoir, but to be a river. I want to bless you to bless others for generations to come, to see beyond yourself, be seen on your own kids, your grandkids, your great grandkids, to have a kingdom mindset, kingdomology we call it, a kingdom mindset that goes on for an eternity, right? That's, that's a big time blessing. And, I, and you know what? I want to be a part of that. And I know so do you. So it's important that, that we go where God calls us and not get caught up in the trap of needing to know all, Right? It's important that we go where God calls us and not get trapped of needing to know all, needing to know the whole picture at all times. We already know the bigger picture, by the way. We have it all here. <laughs> so you, you can, Old Testament, New Testament, everything in Old Testament, foreshadowing what's to come, the New Testament to sacrifice to the one who sacrificed. And even, you know, Abram um, was challenged on sacrificing his firstborn son, Isaac, right? And we'll talk more about that today later, but verse five, it says, he took him outside and said, this is my favorite. This is one of my favorite verses. Look up. Someone say, look up, look up at the sky and count the stars. If indeed you can count them. Then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. This wasn't the first time the Lord gave Abram a vision. A few chapters prior to that, he said, count the grains of sand, man, that would be tough. (laughs) You know, like count the sand. But God is is a visionary. He gives visions. He speaks to us in visions. He allows us to see things just so that we can even just grasp some of the potential of what he wants to do in the midst of our problems. Because his promises are always greater. His covenant is always greater than anything else that that might be our conflict. Oh, that's good. His covenant is bigger than your conflict. I don't know what your conflict is. 
but you can write it down and then put next to it, but God's covenant is bigger. God's promises are bigger than my problems. His word says it, it must be true. Not I hope it will be true, it must be true. That by his stripes we have been healed. Whatever we agree for, you know, in a common agreement, it shall be done. That you are the head, not the tail, and that all things work together for good for those that love the Lord. We have a covenant because of Christ. It's beautiful, isn't it? Yeah, it's good when you're, when you're in the word, isn't it? Awesome. So it says he took him out to count the stars. I don't know about you, but lately, what have you been counting? What have you been counting on? Where's your attention been going? You've been counting dollars, you've been counting what isn't working, you've been counting the cost of gas. <laughs> I don't know, right? What have you been counting and what have you been counting on? And could we possibly have been looking through the eyes of limitation, come on, only counting what is right in front of us instead of looking to the future? I think so. It's easy to get caught in that trap, right? Counting what's just right in front of us as opposed to looking to the bigger picture and looking to the future. Our own plans um, versus God's plans, especially for our relationships. Because if everything hangs off this, loving God and loving others, it comes back to relationship. So what are you counting on? You counting on the amount of times that your wife doesn't do something, or are you counting on what she does do? Are you counting on, you know, the, the amount of times your, your, your kids do something right, or are you just counting what they're not doing? We know that we, counting is important. Numbers is important. It's in the Bible. There's a whole book on it, okay? Every time we, we know that numbers were recorded in the Bible to tell us something, and it's who we're counting on. That's what it tells us. It tells us who we're counting on and the fruit of that. Does it not? Right? So, from the very beginning, very beginning, his plan was for us to be fruitful, and his plan was for us to multiply and subdue the earth. Genesis 1.28. And before that, my favorite verse, one of my favorite verses, I keep saying that, all of them are favorite. Genesis 1.27, for you are made in the very image of who? God, right? And then he says that, he, that, you, that we were to go forward, be fruitful, multiply, and subdue the earth, right? So it comes back to our relationship. Who are you? You're his child. You're his son. You were created in his image. It comes back to your relationship with, the, with God is your great reward, it's just like a son's relationship with their father. The son wants nothing more but than to spend time with the father. Isn't it true? So, where was I? God always intended for us to have a lasting impact that would have a legacy for generations to come. And I sense that the Lord is calling us to be forward thinking. That's just a word I keep hearing. I don't know if you've been hearing it, but be forward thinking. We must look to the vision in our relationships that God has for us, not just our own vision, but God vision. We can rebel and we can miss our great reward or we can realign, huh? praise God, his mercies are made new every morning. Great is his faithfulness, right? Today's what day again? Day the Lord has made, yeah. And guess what tomorrow will be? The day the Lord, okay, just checking. But we need to remind ourselves, you know, and you know, sometimes I, I think some of you guys are like, ah, oh, pastor. It's like, no, but did, I can tell when people own it versus just saying it. You know, there's a difference. We're like, oh, yeah, we need to remind ourselves, today's the day. When you wake up, man, today's a great day. Why? Because it's the day the Lord has made. You know, I'm, I, I don't want to miss my miracle because I'm too focused on what isn't working or, 
rebelling and doing my own thing and, and working on my own kingdom come versus thy kingdom come and thy will be done. And I know blessings will chase us for those that believe and follow that belief, right? So, so again, we can rebel and miss our reward or we can realign and we can remove the ceiling of our own understanding. Verse six, Abram believed the Lord and he, the Lord, credited it to him as righteousness. He believed, come on. So point number two is break the barrier by choosing to believe. And most importantly is in who? And what he says about you, what he says about your situation. Because Abram believed he was credited righteous. We are credited righteous because of our belief in Christ. Romans 3.22 This righteousness is given through the faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. Come on. You are made right. You are made righteous through Christ. All who believe in Christ. Many times this is the ceiling of, we get caught in the ceiling of our unbelief, right? Because we're looking to the wrong things. We're looking to control. We're looking for, uh, we're looking to condemn. We're, you know, find another C word. And you're probably doing it, but it isn't Christ. If it ain't Christ, it is the name, it's the only, only one name. There's only one way, one way to the Father, that's through the Son. There is one name above every other name. So I know you can list other things, but I can list some, a name that is greater. And his name is Jesus Christ, okay? Christ over everything. So we could get caught battling our own thoughts instead of God's call for us to believe. That is how we are made righteous, through belief. Verse eight, but Abram said, sovereign Lord. We could just park right there. How can I know that I will gain possession of it? I like that. How can I know, sovereign Lord? How can I know? Uh, Sovereign means that God is over all. He's over all things, okay? He has the authority, he has the right, he has the power, and he has the wisdom to do as he please. He is sovereign overall. That is a great way to approach God. He's not a vending machine. You know, insert prayer, blah, 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 blah. This is what I want, Lord. How come you didn't give me what I want? Aren't you supposed to give me the desires of my heart? Well, is it in line with his will? Well, maybe not, (laughs) you know? Maybe he's got something greater than what you thought, hope, or could imagine. But you just need to trust in him and lean not on your own understanding. Are you with me? Sovereign Lord. Who is he to you? Is he just buddy Jesus or he's just a carpenter? He might build you a good table. But he is sovereign. He is Lord over all things. He has all authority, all right, all power, all wisdom to do as he pleases. So he's sovereign. We must remember who we're going to when we approach him and come to the throne of God. So, I don't know, it just spoke to me. Romans, again, 8.28, we already mentioned that, that all things will work together for good for those that love him. Come on, who have been called according to his purpose. Love, 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 love conquers all. 1 Corinthians 13, you can, yeah, you can have the gift of prophecy, you can move mountains, you can do all those things, give up your body for the poor, do all sacrifice. But if you have not love, you are nothing more than a gong. And I think there's a lot of noise going on out there, and it ain't love, (laughs) right? There's a lot of noise, but you know it ain't God. And if God is love, you should be able to discern who you listen to and who's telling you where you should go and what your dream looks like. So, come on. 
So his commands are greater than what we can try to control. Got to remember that. His commands are greater than what we can even try to control. So I just love, by the way, I just love you guys. I love this, the men in this church. I love the people. I heard so many times, you know, when people aren't sure and like, well, what does his word say? about your situation. I mean, I, I think there's a lot of wise counsel and wise advice, and we need that too. We need godly counsel. But sometimes we get trapped in our own ceiling of unbelief, you know, and our own control. We're going to say, well, let's just go to his word for a moment. Why don't we do that, you know? Let's see what he says about our, our situation, you know? We live every day and every moment like that and lean in his word and in context to his word. Remember, the, the devil tried to tempt Jesus in the wilderness too for 40 days by using the word against the word, you know. So he'll try that with you too. I see it a lot of the times, twisted truth, you know. Like we can make any verse work for us and, and, and so that you can go buy that new truck or whatever, you know. But, you know, that's not read it in context, know it in context, apply it in context, and then you'll remove the ceiling. There you go. Context also, there's another point. Context will help remove the ceiling when you're trying or feel the need to control. So, verse 11, haha, James. Then the birds of prey came down on the carcass, but Abram drove them away. (laughs) Get out of here. Don't let the prey rob or steal your sacrifice. Hmm. There are chickens that will try to peck at your God-sized dreams. (laughs) Isn't that true? They always come out when you have an eagle-sized vision. There's always chickens. (laughs) The but, 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 you know, like, oh, no, that's not it. (laughs) That might be, oh, but this, but this. How about but God? (laughs) You know, that's a bigger one. Anyway, so when people don't feel comfortable uh, with our call, they will do their best to get you to conform, right? Because that's where they know you. They want to put you in a box. They want to, what makes, they don't, people don't like change, by the way. I don't know if you've noticed that. We, we don't mind change when we're in control of change. When we're not in control, we don't like change. But we have to realize that our God is in control. If you want to go back to Isaiah 43, 19, and he says, behold, I do a new thing. Who's doing a new thing? He's doing a new thing. It's not like I'm doing a new, well, yes, I am doing a new thing, but it better be what God is calling me to do, just not my own new thing. Because then really, who's in control, right? I don't know, is this speaking to you this morning? Okay. So anyway, when people don't feel comfortable with our call, they will do their best to get us to conform. So they want you to stay in your tent. Stay in your tent or pick the places that are most comfortable. Right? And we like our tents too, let's be honest. Right? But just like Abraham's nephew Lot did when, when he was, they were getting so blessed. It's cool because his nephew followed him. And because when he was with Abram, he was blessed. So blessed, again, they couldn't contain it. So blessed there wasn't enough land <clears throat> to contain the blessing, but unfortunately, instead of um, instead of collaborating, they started. There started to be conflict. There was quarreling amongst them, right, amongst the both of them. So, um, Abram lived. If you see Abram, he lived a sacrificial lifestyle, right? Like that we hear about later. That we are to uh, our bodies. We should be a living sacrifice holy and pleasing unto the Lord. That's our true and proper worship. We see it with Abram. He lived a life of sacrifice. He let his nephew pick the best land. He says, okay, you know what? You go, you pick. And what did the nephew do? I'm going to pick all that nice space over there. It looks really green. You know, he picked the best for himself. 
And uh, he always gave God and others, I shouldn't say always, but in most cases, his heart was to give God and others the best. And you know what he did was really cool. I think Pastor Morris has referenced this. He'd like this. In verse 20, if you notice, Abraham even tithed. He gave a tenth to King um, Melchizedek, and he was blessed. So, you know, he ties right there. He understood the principle of the tithe before the, before the New Testament, you know? Like, and, 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 and he lifted a ceiling through generosity. And that's what tithing does, does it not? Because why? You have to trust in the Lord with it. It's that, who are you giving it to? The Lord. You got to trust in him. Test me on this and see that I don't open the floodgates of heaven so much you cannot contain it. I think I need to change this title you know, I think there's a containment that we're trying to place on, on our life, not just control. We're trying to contain it. We're trying to withhold it. But how can God bless a hand like this? You can only pour so much. But if you have an open hand like this, he can pour in. You can pour out, pour in, pour out. You with me? Right? So it's important that we, we know that we are blessed to be a blessing, Abraham. And Proverbs eleven twenty four to 25 says that the life of the generous gets larger and larger. Life of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. So if we are to enlarge our space, we also need to enlarge our giving. Okay? If you want to lift the lid, and some of you want to lift the lid on your finances, remember, money's not the root of all evil. It's the love of money for you. You cannot serve two masters for you end up loving one and hating the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Right? But you see, serve God and you put him first. That's why he's keeping our heart in check and in the right place. He's like, see, watch, I'll bless you. Blessings will chase you. That's what my wife always says to us. Blessings will just watch. Verse 18, on that day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram. So the last one is covenant is the cure to overcoming control. It's also like the takeaway. When we come to the realization that we were made to be in covenant with God and his church, our relationships become blessed we are able to step out of our tents, we are able to look up, and it is then that we are able to expand our belief and overcome any obstacle that might lie in our way. Father God, we thank you for your word today. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that it speaks to our heart, reveals things inside of our heart. Lord Jesus, we ask that it will take root in our heart. Lord, we thank you that you have called us to live a life of discovery and not just recovery. Lord, thank you for what we've discovered in your word today. We pray that you would give us boldness to develop it as we are being deployed. Heavenly Father, if there is anything that was said or that I said that was not of you, I ask that it would drop dead this morning. Lord Jesus, I thank you, Holy Spirit, for leading and guiding the words that were spoken today and leading and guiding us. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for tuning in today, and thank you for continuing to partner with us and for giving so generously to this ministry. If you would like to find out more about how you can partner with us, visit our website at www.wherepeoplematter.church and click the giving link. And don't forget to subscribe and share this with your friends. See you next time.